This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome to Trot's Life for your Thursday edition. Toby McKinnon hosting live from Maryborough today. It is Humbletonian Day. We've got a big show planned first and foremost no teeing off with Tim O'Connor today. Tim, of course, we had a bit of fun at Tim's expense last week. Uh, named him the Peacock. Uh, a lot of fun around Where's the Gold. Of course, Where's the Gold got beaten on Saturday night at Geelong. Tim is not on the show today. Um, I'll let you draw your own conclusions and, and put the dots together there. Um, the fact he's ultra busy with an Inter-Dominion this week and got a million things going on might have something to do with it, but I, I prefer the version. He's cracked the sads that wears the gold, got beaten, and he won't come on the show anymore. So we'll run with that. It's not true, but we'll run with it. Uh, so big show, just me. I've got a number of guests, though, planned throughout the day. We will talk with Mick Guren on the back nine. It is um, called Moving Day now, Thursdays on uh, Trot's Life. So Mick Guren on the back nine will talk most, I, I assume I haven't uh, spoke with Mick, but I'm pretty sure it'll be about the Inter-Dominion on Saturday night. So we'll cover the Inter-Dominion well and truly off with Mick at 12. Uh, yesterday's show was just terrific. Great feedback from people, Diane Riley, Graham Anderson and Alison Elford, all owners and past trainer uh, and of course Alison is the trainer of Sleepy with three different and unique stories that'll be all podcasted we did have some tech issues yesterday so some people uh, the show did drop out a couple of times might have missed those chats but uh, they were absolutely fantastic guests and I was told Graham Anderson was a good talker and he, they might have undersold him actually he was a fantastic talker and what a, he's got a very interesting story as well so if you missed those three make sure you get onto the podcast today and, and catch up on them it is, though, the focus today will be on a couple of things throughout the show. Of course, I did mention Mick Gurren and the Inter-Dominion. We'll catch up on the Inter-Dominion there. But it's Humbletonian Day here today at Maryborough, and many people will know Humbletonian Day quite well. It's, it's a race where every horse today across all 12 races starts at uh, 12.17 and finishes at what feels like midnight tonight. It's about 6.48 technically, but it'll have a feels-like time of about midnight tonight. All 12 races are full of maidens. Not one horse has won a race here today. So it's going to be a great day for at least 12 sets of uh, winning connections, trainers, drivers, owners. And it's in harness racing... Yep, they're the bottom end of the horses. And I think it's quite ironic the Inter-Dominions in two days... You get $5,700 for winning a race here today That in a $10,000 race. You get your $7,000 Vic Bread bonus, so you get your $12,700 already. The winning breeder gets a number of different bonuses, $750 uh, for a winning breeder bonus, uh, 250 cash bonus if you're the breeder and you're on track. 
and another $570 bonus to breeders if it's a two-year-old or three-year-old race. So if you bred the horse and you sold the horse, you still can get up to $1,570 just by being here today and a part of it. Also a part of today is the Australian Young Drivers Championship where we've seen nine young drivers from across Australia and New Zealand will be competing in this series. There's, been, there's a series of nine races taking place. There was two held at Melton on Tuesday uh, and they were both taken out by uh, Kiwi Sam Thornley. There was two at Ballarat last night, both taken out by Emily Savelko. And there's two at Maryborough today, and we'd love to know who's going to take those two out uh, so we can get onto the TAB and get involved, perhaps. Two at Bendigo on Friday night, and there's one uh, culminating it all together on Inter-Dominion night, Saturday night at Melton. Currently, the leaderboard reads Sam Thornley, 44, Emily Savelko, 41, Brendan Barnes, 29, Taylor French, 23, Crystal Hackett, 19, Cam Hart, 16, Sam Pascoe, 14, and Jordan Shibnall, 12. You need a, some sort of a degree in mathematics to understand the uh, point scoring system. There's different amounts of points for different field sizes, so it takes a little bit to uh, sit down and keep track of where that's at. But throughout the show, we will catch up with Jordan Shibnall in our Taz Racing segment as she represents Tasmania. Jamie Cockshut's going to come on early at 11.30 to do some tips, and he'll join me with Jordan Shibnall at 11.40. Emily Savelko will join us as well from uh, the WA representative, uh, and we may get another one too. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't filled the last 20 minutes yet. We First race here at Maribor is at 12.17, and we might grab a participant that's here particularly maybe one that won the first race if uh, possible and, and get from them direct the excitement of winning on Humbletonian Day. Uh, also joining us will be Eva Justice, a young lady just making her way into harness racing. She's had a handful of drives already and has already uh, achieved three winners and it's a big week for the Justice Camp. Don't you worry about that with uh, two runners in the Trotters Inter-Dominion final uh, being, of course, Mufasa Metro and Hatchback. Eva's partner, Ryan Jr. Sanderson, will be taking the drive on Hatchback, which I reckon Eva would have uh, pushed him out of the cart and jumped in if she could. She wouldn't be uh, allowed to drive in Metropolitan races as yet. That's probably the only thing stopping her. In fact, she probably would have pushed her dad out of the cart and jumped on Mufasa Metro, it being the better chance of the two runners. So that's the plan. It is going to be a big show. And after the show finishes at 1 o'clock, we'll be rolling onto Trots Vision this afternoon. From about 2.25, Trots Vision will kick in. So those uh, want to keep in tune with everything from Hambletonian Day. I'll be hosting with Brett Coffey this afternoon from 2.25, and we'll cover the Quaddy Leagues, races 5, 6, 7, and 8. We've got a number of guests uh, booked in, including Neville Pangrazio, David Murphy, Clyde Little, Greg Fleming. We'll have chats with the winning drivers. Taylor French will join us. She's the Victorian representative for the Australian Young Drivers Championship. So it'll be a big action-packed couple of hours on Trots Vision from 2.25 as well, uh, which will go right through to past race eight 
which is at 4.33. So that'll get us through to about 4.50. And uh, there'll be some good stories. And, and it'll be interesting to catch up with some breeders. It's a big it's a big day today, supported uh, heavily by Harness Breeders Victoria, who put a lot of uh, effort in promoting the event. It was, I think it was predominantly their idea along with the Maryborough Harness Racing Club which kicked this off kicked this off many years ago and uh, many would know Humbletonian Day is a little play on the Hambletonian event which is a massive race day in America uh, it's one of their biggest races for the best horses and of course using the little play with Humbletonian for our more humble horses but it's funny doing stats on last year uh, there was four horses that ran last on Hambleton on Humbletonian Day last year that have since won a race, uh, including Hello IT, ran ninth last year. He was just in the room, David Barbetti. He just popped in the room to make himself a cup of tea, which is ironic. It's it is one of them, uh, it, and it goes actually around today to try and win again. So it has its second crack at a Humbletonian Day. But yeah, four horses from last year that ran last have won races since. So I think the point I'm trying to make is if you're not successful today, it's not all things over with. Some of those horses, two of those horses have won twice actually. Uh, so it's not all said and done. Uh, running last today on a meeting where they're all maidens isn't the end of the world. Uh, as many horses go on and a lot have gone on very successfully. I know today uh, Bullion Girls, a half-sister to Bullion Harry, has turned into a very nice horse as well and uh, a cool investment goes around later it's damn social fireball won it won here in 2015 and now it's uh, progeny's here to try and win on humbletonian day again let's take our first break and we'll be back the other side hopefully with eva justice and uh, she will join us and we'll have a chat with eva about Kicking off into harness racing, we'll touch a little bit on her drives today, including a very special drive, I'm sure it is, for her on Daisy Stars, which was trained by her late grandmother Josie. And, of course, we'll touch on the excitement of having a couple of runners from the team, her father's team, John Justice, in the Inter-Dominion. Back shortly after this break. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is your Thursday edition. And off the personal uh, Twitter, uh, Big Fella says perhaps Tim's absence is more to do with the fact he won two slabs. Uh, despite where's the goal getting beaten now? Come on, Big Fella. We can't cast aspersions like that. It's not true either, but let's run with all sorts of things and stir Tim up a little bit. Now, I am joined in studio, in our beautiful studio at Maryborough by... Eva Justice. Ever. Ever yeah. Justice. <laughs> Ever. I've got to get that right. It's a trick. It's a short word, but I think many people pronounce it wrong. A lot of people, yep. You're definitely not the first, and you probably won't be the last. No, I won't be. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, you starting out in harness racing. You've had the 55 drives now for three winners, and 19 placing has been very consistent. Yeah, no, it's been good. Dad's been putting me on all of, like most of them, and he's been really trusting, so it's been really, it's been fun so far. I had your dad on a couple of weeks ago, and I think you probably heard this, but uh, how long till he stops driving altogether and he just can't get a chance? Uh, I don't 
he says it, but I don't think he ever will. He loves it a bit too much. But um, I'm sure once I get my Metropolitan license, he'll be separate aside a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> if you had your Metropolitan license, would you be driving Mufasa Metro or Hatchback on Saturday night? I think I'd be on hatchback. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would have thought you'd push him off the, off Mufasa Metro and get the main drive. I'd try, but it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, you've got f- a few runners in today. Uh, Papa Leo is your first drive race one, number four, for your dad, John. He's been racing pretty consistent and just needs to win a race, really. Yeah, I think today he should get his chance. Um, if not today, he's in again on Sunday, which is a weaker race. But today, I think... If he gets the right run, he's got a pretty sharp sprint, so I think he'll be right there. You go forward, or you, it sounds like you're just going to go back? I think we'll go... If we go forward, I think we'll just use a little bit too much petrol. There's a few that begin fast from the inside, and I think we're just better off going back. Very good. If I can, he sometimes chooses. <laughs> he chooses what he's doing, but that's okay. You've just got to roll with it sometimes. Yeah. Now, Daisy Stars, race seven, number six pretty special horse I think this one this will be a very important drive to you tell us about that yeah she is she sort of had high expect we had high expectations at the start <laughs> just because it was Nana's but no she um it's pretty important to the family like Nana wanted us to give her one more shot so that's what we're doing and if she I think she has actually come back better but she'll definitely need the run today yeah she hasn't got a great barrier drawer either no she doesn't she trialed on Tuesday she was actually going to trial all right, but she just got a bit tightened around the turn and broke. But I think if she gets the right run, she'll be running home, but she, she'll need the run. I think your nan would be pretty happy if she was watching you drive her anyway. I think so. I think she'd be shocked that she's made it back to the races. I remember her first start, Nana had a um, nine news interview. Yep. And Daisy started 60s, 60 to 1, and before the race, she was backed into fives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just off the back of that news, yeah. I would say. Yeah, no, but... Yeah, should be wrapped. Do you think they'll come for her today after you're talking to me on Trot's Life? I hope not. I really <laughs> hope not. <laughs> no, well, you say she'll need a run, so that's good information. Now, young ladies in harness racing, I jotted some names down. Uh, Karen, Kate, Jody, and Lisa, who you would know, and many probably don't remember Lisa so much. And then in Victoria, there's concession drivers in the top 10, Taylor, Michelle, Abby, and Cody Rockenberger. And then even today, the Australian Young Drivers Championship, Crystal Hackett, Sarah O'Reilly, Jordan Shibnell, Emily Chavalco, Taylor, French, and Sam... I've lost Sam's surname. Sam Thornley. I think that's a guy. He's a guy, Sam <laughs> Thornley. Um, there's six girls anyway, so I've missed one of the girls. I apologize. Crystal Hackett. Oh, no. I said Crystal. Which one did I miss? Sam Pascoe is yeah. who I'm thinking of by Sam. Oh. So the six girls there in the Australian Young Drivers Championship, uh, how inspirational is it to you? To All these people have come before you now and it just seems so easy for you to just come into it at age 18? 19. 19. Yeah. Well, you started at 18, I think. Yeah. No, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing really to think that the girls have come so far in a relatively short amount of time and to be doing what they're doing, like all the girls in the... I think a girl won it last year as well, the Australian driving champion. I think Sarah Sarah won it. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. And, like, the girls are so good, like Taylor and Michelle and Abby and Cody, they're all driving so well and beat the boys half the time. And, yeah, it's really... And to think that the girls have, what, 11 runners in the Inter-Dominion, it's just inspiring. As female trainers, yeah. 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 Is that something that you have a little eye to later in life, perhaps training? Um... 
probably not full time, but I definitely love to have a few on the side just for some some fun, really. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but driving's what's driving's what you really want to do. Um, it's sort of just come about like I s- one day Dad just said you should get your trials, and it's happened. I'm still at uni, so but yeah, I'm just enjoying enjoying the ride at the moment. <laughs> so what are you studying at uni? I'm studying social work. Social work. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, that's, that's the right sport to be in social work, let me tell you. There's plenty of, plenty of social work required in harness racing, which we don't actually get enough of, I don't think. <laughs> Everyone said that. Now, Saturday night, the team, you've got two in the Inter-Dominion final. Um, a FASA Metro hatchback, how's everything looking? You would have seen them this morning, no doubt. Yeah, no, um, they've come, come through it really well. They had their last hit out Wednesday. They both worked pretty exceptional, like, They've both come through it amazing, and I think Mafasa's got a strong chance, and Hatchback, I think he'll also be running on. I don't have high expectations, but he'll definitely be running on at the finish. you got to be in there to win it. Yep. Did, did Dad still play golf yesterday after the workout? Of course. He, we had to get up extra early to work them so we could get to golf on time. Yeah, very good. <laughs> you got to have those outlets in life, particularly when you've been in harness racing for a long time like your dad has. Yeah, I know. He... um. Never misses golf day. Never. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right, Eva. 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 <laughs> I'll let you go. And uh, best of luck this afternoon. Hopefully, Daisy Star surprises us and wins and Papa Leo gets the money as well. Yeah, thank you. That'll be nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, there we go. We're a couple more guests coming up shortly. We've got D- uh, Jamie Cockshut off the 11.30 News. will give us some tips for Tasmanian racing and then... Tasmanian representative in the Australian Young Drivers Championship. Uh, as Eva just heads out, she will go on to uh, get changed and get ready for her first drive at 12.17 today in a race one. Papa Leo, who I think is a, it, it is a great chance in this race. It's currently $12.310. Keeps running seconds. So keeps finding a better one. Rock and Roll Nugget is the favourite for Lisa Bartley and Mark Pitt at forty. Hopefully uh, we'll get the winner of that race in for a chat later in the show. A couple... Uh, I've done the form pretty thoroughly for the main quaddy legs. Races 5, 6, 7 and 8. And there was a few that I was pretty keen on. Nothing too drastic in race 5. Key Yang Speak is my top tip at $2.60. But in race 6... I thought Nancy K. It's had one run Nancy K. Uh, here at Mirror some time ago. It's been a long way, but you can forgive that run. It was a, an unusual sort of a race, so you can put a line through that. It's ne- it's been in the uh, camp of Adam Kelly. It's still owned by Adam Kelly, and for about a trial for Adam Kelly about six weeks ago, and has since joined Andy Gath. I don't think that will be detrimental to the horse. I can see it coming forward in leaps and bounds. James Herbertson takes the drive today for Andy Gath. It's currently $14 and $2.90. The favourite Sweet Bella in the race has had one trial that I could find and ran third in a trial in 28.6. It's trained by the powerful Emma Stewart camp, but it's hard to assess how good that horse is. It's a favourite at $1.60, but I'd be happy to risk that and have a little something on Nancy K race six number five is my best value today currently fourteen dollars uh, race seven my best bet number three Lamb 
Mina and Molly. It's been right in the market at two starts to date. It had trialled really impressively. Females Assassins are funny sort of a horse that does a lot of things wrong and keeps putting the riding on the wall this preparation. It's the favourite at $1.90. Lena and Molly at $9. As I say, it's been in the market. It was at $1.60 favourite at the start. It was still checked there and broke. You can totally rule line through that. Since came out and ran a from off the leaders back at Horsham to exclusive Maria in 158.6. I think it can get get out today a little bit better. Greg Fusinato, the owners, have been a great owner in harness racing for a long time. Love to see this horse win a race. And I think it not $1.250. It's my best each way for sure for the day. And finally, race eight. I thought it was a really clear... Uh, there's a real clear sort of uh, trophy in this race. A one for the day, four for Ross Valley, and he acted easy. One for eight, just doesn't affect the logic. He's had multiple successes at Olympics and World Championships. Uh, no, no, sorry, that's the swimmer, Ledecky. The horse has had two two pretty good starts for a second and third. Paradise Valley has beaten Ledecky home, actually, in one of those races. Uh, it's racing really well, Paradise Valley, and Tizzy Lizzie's got plenty of ability. I've actually spoken to Greg Sugars on Trot's Life about this horse before. It draws to be on the leader's back. So I think at the top of the straight, you're going to have Ledecky in front, Paradise Valley sitting outside it, and Tizzy Lizzie on the leader's back, and those three will finish in the top three. So a little box trifecta there will be my tip in race eight, one, four, and eight. Big show still to come. Hopefully you can get some winners out of Maryborough today. I know Darren Carroll was keen on a couple with... Uh, on Giddy Up this morning. race He tipped race 10, number one, Paris Jamila, who's currently $4 and $1.60. And he also tipped race 11, number one, Rastamon for Tina Riddis at $2.40 favourite and $1.28. They were Darren Carroll's two from Giddy Up with Gareth Hall today. Next is Jamie Cockshut. He'll have some more tips for us. Jamie initially will catch up on what's happening in Taz Racing. I think there's just the one meeting down there this week at Hobart on Sunday. Uh, so we'll have some tips and a quaddy for Hobart on Sunday. Then we'll get, catch up with Jordan Shibnell in the next half an hour as well. She's representing Tasmania. She is time in Tasmania. She's going to represent Tasmania, but she is back in Victoria once again. So we'll catch up with Jordan at 11.40 uh, in the next half an hour. Mick Gurren will be heading us off on the back nine at 12 o'clock today, uh, where we'll talk Inter-Dominion with Mick. Plenty of coverage on the Inter-Dominion. If you have missed out on coverage of the Inter-Dominion, uh, I'd be pretty surprised as it's uh, been pretty prolific from HRV this week, which has been a great result. And no doubt tomorrow, the Friday form panel, uh, Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki, the best in the business, will be bringing the Friday form panel and what is a massive meeting at uh, Melton on Saturday night. There's not just the Inter-Dominion to look at. There's a lot of races uh, to go through for them. There's 10 races. They seem like big fields, and there's a lot to work out in those races. So I'm not sure how the boys will get it done in an hour and a half either. Let's get to the 11.30 news. We'll come back the other side with our great mate from Taz Racing, Jamie Cockshut. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Two, this is, with Jamie Cockshut from Taz Racing. Jamie, are you there, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. I'm here. 
I'm at Maryborough. You're in Tassie somewhere or other. So uh, we'll get underway um, with some tips first of all, mate. Jordan Shibnell's about five minutes away. So we've got a good five minutes up our sleeve here. And I'm very interested in one of your tips in particular, but we'll get to that as you get through them. Uh, you can step us off with your first if you want. Yeah, we'll start in race one, mate. Um, as, as everybody knows, Toby, you're a bit cryptic now, mate. Um, we'll start off with race one, number four, Stepping Stones. Um, was very brave last week. Um, done all the work and kept coming. Drawn barrier four, this is a slight dropping class. I reckon she can push forward. If she finds the lead, I reckon she'll be winning. Even if she sits fast, I reckon she's a really good chance of winning. So, you know, she can kick the punters off to a good start. Then we go over to race two, number five, Nancy's Tiger. Um, a second on debut behind a pretty smart one, to be honest, from the Jeb Williams stable. Um, Spitalina Lees was a brave second last week at Hobart, but Nancy's Tiger draws inside it, so I reckon that can be the difference, and um, I reckon Nancy's Tiger can get the job done. Race five, number eight, out of Casino. Um, so hard eyes in this race from the Emma Stewart stable, but out of Casino is a very, very progressive horse, and just a quick assumption. Mia Regatto got to win, you know, six or eight metres of so hard eye last time. And Al Casino is a lot better horse than Mia Regatto in my eyes. They're both trained by Christy Butler. And just needs a bit of luck off the inside, mate. And this is a a bit tougher than what um, so hard I beat last week, to be honest, Toby. So I reckon Al Casino, you know, we might get some odds if because most of them are Stuart horses start starting the red, so I'm pretty keen to stick with out of casino. First up, inside second row draw, there's a little bit going against it. Yeah, but that's what um, that's what the driver's there for, mate, to get off. Um, you know, it's, 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 not a, it's not an easy race. There's another handy horse in it as well, but I just think so hard eyes not going to be... It's going to have to do a bit of work to get the lead, and, and out of casino was... Nominated for the free-for-all last week, the real hot free-for-all, and we were scratched. So it just goes to prove the opinion that the stable got about a casino. And he was going 156, 157 before he went out for a spell, winning arrogantly. So it's going to be a good race. Uh, but, you know, I'm just thinking out of casino will be the better odds of the two. And I'm happy to stick with him. Do you think Cardinal Sin will lead the pole horse? Well, I don't know. Carlson used to be a leader, but since he's come to Tasmania, he's been very disappointing, to be honest, Carlson. He could leave, but I don't think um, Ron will, will take bad luck out of the equation. I don't reckon he'll rely on Carlson leading and getting up the sprint lane, because if Carlson leads, well, the leader will be there for so hard, I, realistically, because um, he usually takes a sit Carlson. So, you know, be three or four back to pegs out of the casino, then he can't win. But I don't know. The stable might be happy to give him a, a run first up and just see. But if he's there to win, he'll be he'll be just about winning, mate, in my eyes. Do you know who would have been looking after So Hard Eye for Emma Stewart? Well, I don't know. They used to stay Duncan Dawn off um, Barber's, uh, Billy's place. I don't know where they stay. But then I think, I think the other... A couple of times they just fly and fly. But obviously So Hard Eye's been left here. Like it could be a bench because it is owned by Summit Bloodstock. I honestly don't know where where she, where she's been left, mate. But um, you know she's going to be very hard to beat. Don't get me wrong. All right, keep going then. Uh, interesting. I'll be watching that race with some interest. One hundred percent value runners. I'll let you pronounce race nine number one. Uh, Zabolski Lee's uh, just gets a right draw. There's, there's a bit of speed drawn outside it. In Island Black Prince and Euro King, who loves to lead. So. 
if those two push forward and she can just hit behind them and use the sprint lane, I reckon she's each way bet enough on around the $6 mark. Yep. Then we go to race 10, number 8. This is the fast, fast race of the night and very open. And I'm pretty keen on Cullen Burn. Um, number 8, the sole runner off the second line. Been racing very well, to be honest, and deserves to, to get a win in Tassie. And I reckon it can be it on Sunday night at Hobart. Push through, probably settle 1-1, one, one, one out, two back at worst, and I reckon he can get over the top of him late. And the one at odds, race three, number 10, Whatabouts Banger. He's one of my favourites. I reckon he's got up at odds for us two or three times over the past couple of years, and he's got a good chance to gain on Sunday night. He'll just mind his own business, and he'll get to the outside of the top of the straight. And he's just where he's close enough to, to run down his drivers, but he's definitely worth a play at around the 12 or $14 mark. And we'll go a quaddy, mate. Firstly, we'll go eight, one out, out of casino. Second leg, we'll go one, three, five, six, eight, ten, and thirteen. Third leg, three and nine. Last leg, three, eight, nine, and twelve. Fifty-six dollars gives us one hundred percent of the dividend. Yeah, wow. Elder Casino one out in the quaddy. Uh, it's your tipping segment, Jamie. I'm I'm not going to push you away from that, but uh, you couldn't throw so hard eye. And if you had a few extra dollars, would you and take it for fifty percent? Oh yeah, no, nah, for sure, no, nah, for sure, mate. You could put me. <laughs> Anybody else would put so hard on, just looking for a bit of value. Like, if so hard on, it's probably going to be holding 60 or 65% of the quality pool. So yeah, if it doesn't yeah. get beat, well, the quality's going to pay a bit. That's the way I'm looking at it. But, yeah, listeners out there, if they want to guarantee the first leg, well, yeah, chuck so hard on for sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm always about value, and I'm thinking if Alex Cena can get the job done and beat so hard on, well, um, there's going to be a fair few people knocked out in the first leg. Right, Jamie, hold fire there for a couple minutes, mate. We'll go to a break. Jordan Shibnall will join us during the break. And like all good uh, Tasmanians, I think she might be a Victorian, but uh, we'll touch base on that when we get back on the other side of this. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Toby McKinnon and Jamie Cockshut in our Taz Racing segment. And we're joined now in studio in Maryborough in what's really the tea room at Maryborough, but it's our studio today. Jordan, thanks for coming in and joining us. Thanks for having me. Jamie's also there. Jamie, uh, I suppose I'll ask the first question. Now, you're originally from Kilmore, I believe. Yes. Yes. What <laughs> yeah. got you into harness racing? I wanted to be jockey originally because my dad trains uh, thoroughbreds and then um, I sort of started that jockey diet for a week and I made it probably two days and said, no, I don't want to do this. And then um, my dad used to help Rita Burnett. Uh, she had a couple of gallopers, so um, she got me into the pony trots and then it just sort of took off from there. Jamie, how long would you last on a jockey diet, you reckon? You got no chance, mate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even try. Put it that way. Um, I, I wish I could go on a jockey diet, drop a few kilos. Don't get me wrong, but um, I'm a very fussy eater, and I actually work in the wrong food business, Toby, to be not eating good tucker that's not good for you. Hundred percent. Tell us a bit about Jordan's career in Tasmania, from as you watch from afar. Yeah, well, would, would Jordan come here? Oh, I reckon it'd be nearly eighteen months ago. Jordy would it have been and. Um, from from the yeah, time she come here, she 
Yeah, from the time she came here, she improved a, a great deal uh, up until she left with Connor, I don't know, probably four or five months ago now to go back to Victoria. But, you know, she's a worthy representative for Tasmania. She had a great season last season, winning the Junior Drivers Award. And, and I'm sure she'd agree, you know, that the more chances she got, the more confidence she got, and that's when the results came her way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I worked for Ben, so um, there was plenty of drives towards the end of my career, and I got to drive in some big races over there. I had a drive in the um, Tassie Cup. That was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. My um, confidence definitely went up the more that I drove. And, 54 and wins Sorry, Jamie, 54 of the 58 wins in Tasmania were for Ben, which just shows what an opportunity he gives some of these people. And there's a few head, heading down now, like Olivia Wiedenbach's down there, Cody Croslin's down there. He gives, he just gives them a great chance, doesn't he? Yeah, well, they give every chance because, you know, we, we don't need to harp on it. The weight of numbers, and Ben puts a lot of his forces in with junior claims. So if you are a junior driver, mate, you want a chance, you've got to get down to Tasmania for at least four to six months to just see if you can make it. Because if you are going to make it, you will, you, you will make it down in Tassie if you've got the ability Mm. and the patience mm. to listen. You know, it's all about listening and learning. You know, if you think you're just going to come here and just drive winners, it's not going to happen. You've got to work hard and, and listen to those who have been around a while. And, and Ben's a, obviously a really good mentor. And, you know, Geordie's a prime example. Even Geordie's partner in life, Connor Crook, he come down here initially for Ben and, you know, then he branched out and worked for Rowan Hillier and, um, you know, Connor blossomed more then. But... But Connor's driving from the day he got here to the day he finished went from a 1 to a, a 9.5, maybe. And it was all about confidence and the better horses that he was getting on. Now, Geordie, uh, you've got a couple of drives today. We'll touch on those. Race 2, number 5, Wicked Liquor for Phil Ellery, a horse. Uh, the synonymous with this show, uh, middle of its last preparation, I famously said it'll win a race in its next five. Well, that was about ten starts back. Uh, it's come back this prep. He's, he took all the gear off at Phil and, and just said, just see if it trots now, and it's been trotting better than ever, and it's put the riding on the wall with a good second last start. You're not going so great in the series so far. You're in ninth position. Uh, we won't say there's only nine in it, but you're in ninth <laughs> position currently, but you get a real opportunity with Wicked Wicked to jump up the leaderboard. Yeah, um, it sort of looks her race, I guess. Um, she's been knocking on the door for a while now. and um, I met Phil the other day, and he's a lovely guy, and um, he said to me he's pretty confident coming here. It's a bit of a drive, he said, so... Hopefully um, his judgment is right and she'll be able to crack the maiden today. Yeah, Phil is a very popular man in harness racing. He's a mobile barrier driver at a number of clubs and, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of friends in the sport and he's been around the sport for a long time. He had a really good trotter once called Carl Lewis, so he knows his way around a trotter. It would have nearly made an Inter-Dominion, that sort of level of trotter. I'm not sure it made an Inter-Dominion. would have contested a series, though. Uh, your other drive in the series, race five, number two, Keyang, Arizona. Another horse right in the market at $2.30. So you've got a great chance to uh, really put some numbers on the board today and climb up this leaderboard. Uh, trained by Marg Lee. Have you caught up with Marg yet? No, I haven't. Um, but I'm sure this horse will be ready to go. It's first up for a while. So it's had a couple of trials. And hopefully um, I'm sure the team will have it ready to go.
She's a pretty. She was out of a mare called Key and Gertie, who they rated really, really highly. Just had the one start in a youthful stakes before breaking down. And uh, Jason loved that mare. He, I know she only raced the once, but uh, she was too good to uh, sell on or keep going on with. So they've been able to breed from her. So it'd be pretty. Uh, Jason would be pretty excited if he can win a race on Key and Arizona first up for uh, some time. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully she'll be able to crack that maiden today. Now, tell us a bit about the series and what uh, what you've been doing. You've had the three days already, uh, Melton Tuesday, uh, ben, uh, Ballarat last night, and, and you're here today. And there's a fair bit going on, I think, off uh, off the racetrack as well. Yeah, there is. Um, we all arrived uh, Monday night. We had tea, and then we sort of just went back and crashed. And then um, Tuesday morning, we were up and about. We went and played golf. Um, <laughs> Till about one o'clock and it was it was really fun for probably the first three holes and then us girls got a bit bored and <laughs> we ended up hitting the ball out the side of the cart and just doing silly things <laughs> and um, then we went and we raided Melton Saturday and did those type of things in town and then we went to the track and heaps of the girls were just and the guys were just excited to be at Melton. Um, Sam Pasco said to me Gee, look at all this camber on the track because <laughs> she's from Globe Derby, so obviously they're not used to it. And then um, yesterday we uh, we went and had some media training with Adam Adam Hamilton and um, Ryan Feeling. Feeling, yeah, um, that was really cool. And then Dave um, Dave and Paul gave us a um, tour of the all the redevelopments they're doing at the Ballarat track, so that was really awesome as well. And then we just went and. I had a three-hour nap for me and Emily, so <laughs> we caught up on some sleep while the others, they went shopping, did other things, and then we drove last night, and we uh, were up pretty late last night <laughs> just talking and doing things like that. Very good. So I think there's something coming through here, Jamie. There's some camaraderie getting built between uh, all the drivers in the series, which is what you really yeah. want, I suppose. Yeah, I think we're all going to be lifelong friends, that's for sure. Jamie, are you familiar with what David Miles does with all the Tasmanian concession drivers? Yeah, well, Jamie's always had a had a bit of a bit of a history back in Tasmania. Mate, he used to bring a lot of horses over, and he's got some connections over here. But, but yeah, I'm not really familiar with what he does. But as we know, David's a very likable fellow, very approachable, and you know he's a bit of a larrikin, so I'm sure he he makes sure that they they enjoy their time when they come across to the junior drivers. Has David done some work with you while you were in Tassie? Yeah, he did. Um, we had a couple of meetings with him, and he was really great. Um, he's done a really good job down there um, with what he brings over, and just to have someone like David talk to you, um, and obviously he's a very experienced driver, and he's very good at what he does, and um, even just helping us with things like our whip action, which a lot of us were struggling with in Tassie, and uh, he gave us all these. Tact, not really tactics, but oh, I don't know yeah, how to word it, but um, just different ways to use our whip um, yep. without the stewards sort of being on our back, so to say. But, yeah, he was a really, really great experience having those times with David down there. So Taz Racing employed David to uh, head down to Tassie and do workshops, I suppose, with all the concession drivers down there, Jamie. And I think it's something, that some feedback I've got from uh, from some of the younger participants, just hearing from Jordan as well. It, it's very well received to have someone like David go down there. 
Oh, for sure, mate. You know, like, no matter what it is in life, if you've got a, a senior mentor that's, that's respected, you know, like, I encourage any younger person, you know, in whatever craft they're, they're doing or whatever trade, is to listen to those who've been there and done it because they're only there to help. And obviously, Miles, he's doing a good job. I weren't 100% sure that he, he was coming to Tasmania doing that, Toby. So it's great to hear that Tas Racing's doing it. And David does give up some of his time to come down and, and educate our younger junior drivers coming through the ranks because it's only going to hold them in good stead for their future. And as you just mentioned, you know, Geordie's been one of them lucky ones to benefit from it. And um, and that's what Caesar, you know, I was just looking at Melton Race 2 on Saturday night into the Minion night. This will be the highlight of Geordie's career, I'm sure. And um, she gets to drive on Ebony and Ivory in the last and final heat of the Young Drivers' Championship. And I'm sure that's going to be a, a career highlight, Geordie. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I was pretty excited when I saw my name next to a horse of that calibre, that's for sure. So even just to, for us to be able to have a drive on Inter Dominion final night is pretty surreal for all of us. 100%. We've got to wrap this up, Jamie. Thanks for coming on, mate, for our, an early edition of the Taz Racing segment. Uh, we'll catch up back to regular programming, I assume, next week at 12.30. Good on you, mate. No worries, buddy. Cheers. And Jordan, thank you too, and best of luck today. Hopefully you can get uh, a winner or two today and shoot yourself up those rankings from ninth to first, which I'm not sure is actually uh, possible, but you, at least you'll shoot up the rankings and get a couple of winners and enjoy the rest of the week. No worries, thank you. We'll be back the other side at 12 o'clock with Mick Gurren, and we will be talking, no doubt, into the minions. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is your Thursday edition. It is moving day and we move our attention to the Inter-Dominion now on Saturday night. Well, two Inter-Dominions. Mick Gurren, mate, Mick. I'm in Maryborough today, so I'm the one on the road, and you're in Melbourne. It's a bit of a switch around. It is, mate. I tell you what, I've enjoyed being in Victoria, Toby. Big hi to you and all the yeah. listeners. I've really enjoyed getting to Shepparton. I've enjoyed getting to Geelong. Um, it's been a fun series, and it hasn't been a series where we've seen performances which made you go, wow, this is the GOAT. It isn't that type of series. What we've seen is a very even series, and barrier draws have been crucial. And I think that's going to be the case again for the two big finals on Saturday night. It's been a series where very few horses have come from off the marker pegs to be a factor in the races. Bizarrely, the passing lane hasn't been a factor in the series virtually at all. No winners of any of the heats up the passing lanes which have been available to the horses during the series. But... That may change on Saturday night. Probably the only horse we've seen for the entire series able to come three wide and win Toby has been Honolulu Bay, who now finds himself yep. as the favourite for the pacing final. Do you think he leads, Mick? What are your thoughts? I think he doesn't need to. I, I think the key to the race is Cam Hart. He's driving I Cast No Shadow from Barrier 1. I don't think he will lead for long. But I think he's a smart enough driver. I think he's a very, very good driver. 
and he'll want to hand to the right horse. He won't want to hand to Honolulu Bay because if Honolulu Bay gets there, it has the option to hand to act now, stable mate, and rolling, pacemaking type horse and potentially use the passing lane to go to victory. He also won't want to hand to Spirit of St. Louis because he knows the Spirit of St. Louis crosses them from barrier four, and I think Jack Callaghan has to have a go, then it would hand, maybe, almost certainly, to expensive ego. So I think a guy yeah. like Cam Hart on I Cast No Shadow would like to trail X now, or he would like to trail expensive ego, but he knows if he trails the two or the four, he's going to be three deep on the market picks. I don't think I Cast No Shadow can win the Inter-Dominion, but I think it holds the key to it. So if if Act now wins, if, if, if Act now leads, you think Honolulu Bay can sit what outside him or one one and run him down? I don't think he'll be sitting one one. I think I think if David Moran takes the attitude that we're not getting involved here, he probably ends up three back on the outside because if he's not burning, then Spirit of Saint Louis gets across him, and of course, expensive ego we all know will be going forward, and that puts him potentially three back on the outside. Then traffic becomes a problem. Because at some mm. stage, the horse is from the back, and they're not the strongest horses in the race. Many of those off the back have to come three wide. And if you get better Eclipse out three wide, or Mark Dan, horses who have won heats, Toby, I think they keep trucking. And what you don't want to be doing is pulling three wide of the thousand and being three wide for one third of the race. So I do think their concerns here. I think David would love to be straight across to the marker pegs and then trailing act now who the way he runs and the way Jody drives him would open the field up and give him the potential for the passing lane or even to go outside in the straight. That's what I think he would like to happen. But I think Cam Hart, and again, I'll go back to the fact that Cam is a very good driver, doesn't want that to happen. So there's sort of two little pods of horses. There's these pods of stable mates who, while by no means are they trying to help each other to win, they're trying to get on each other's backs because if you're yeah, driving Spirit yeah. of St. Louis, you want to be on the back of Expensive Ego. If you're driving Honolulu Bay, you want to be on the back of Act Now because you know they're not going to hand up with you on their back and they're strong enough to get you to the top of the lane. I wouldn't be stunned, Toby, if the other option happened. Spirit of St. Louis crosses them and he holds and the Stewart team know they are going to be handing up to uh, getting the lead off him, and expensive ego gets the lead, and it's been a long time since we've seen him uh, in front, maybe Victoria Cup night, since we last saw him in front. So I think that, that those early dynamics are really interesting. I still come back to the same three horses as the major winning chances, Honolulu Bay, Act Now, and expensive ego, and I'm going to feel a lot more confident about any of them after 400 metres, which isn't much fun for the punters. I think I cast no shadow at 320. is not a bad little place bet as well because I think you've outlined pretty well, Mick. Whatever happens, he's going to get a pretty good run, isn't he? Well, I can't see him being any worse than three back to markers. I was disappointed mm. by him at Shepparton, but he got very tight too, up yeah. before the race. He looked very on the nickel, and I think they had to lead from there and try and stay in front. I think this time Cam can be a bit softer on him, lead, and then choose who he wants to hand up to. But Jody Quinlan's going to come off hammering on act now. Now, last week she did lead on him, but she had to tap him on the rump to get there or hold that position. Um, she does that again, 27.60, after a 300-metre score-up. It's going to seem an awfully long way for act now. So, sure, he can win, 
But I just think as good as he's been going, Honolulu Bay's been going half a length better in the series. Um, but then again, the dynamics at the start here and the tempo of the race will probably be, be <laughs> yeah. worth a lot more than half a length or a couple of lengths. Now, the Trotters, Mick, we could have two discussions here. We could have one with the emergency getting a run and one without the emergency getting a run. Let's assume it's not getting a run. And Mufasa Metro then leads. Queen Elida, you assume, is on the leader's back. What Majestuoso ends up parked and uh, just believe comes around. It, it, it almost seems a very simple map. Maybe you see it differently. No, I see it exactly the same way. I think that's what everybody's going to try and do. I think there's hmm. two flies in that ointment. One is nephew yep. of Sunoco. If he gets a run on yep. at the gate, he's got a like 30, 40% chance of crossing Mufasa Metro. And Majestioso, if Kate takes the option to fire him up and get him flying off the gate, then Ooh. yes, I think he, had, again, has a good chance of crossing Mufasa Metro. But whether she wants to do that for a rapid-going little horse like him who, who may mm. then be vulnerable in the last 400 of 2760 is another matter. Under either of those scenarios, worst-case scenario, worst-case, the total disaster scenario for Queen Elida is she's four back on the inside. I don't think that's going to happen. But even if it did, I think there's a very long tail to this field. And I think a lot of them could be dropping off at the 600, 500, 400, yeah, and Chris Elton yeah. could get her off. I still think she gets her chance to win. I think she, from the trail, is a dominant favourite. From three back, deserves to be favourite. From four back, might still be the horse to beat. I think the horse who could be the beneficiary of all of that is just believe. If they burn up early and they play a little bit of silly buggers because they're not sure who wants to be where then all of a sudden Just Believe can come around and sit parked and win. And people would say that's an incredibly difficult way to win a race over 2760, which it is. But he did come sit parked and win on Victoria Cup, not Nabil Collins. So we know he can do it. And if he keeps his nose clean for the first part, say he, he doesn't get involved with Greg Sugars, who's one of my favourite Victoria drivers, in the first 1,200 of the race, he pretty much knows if he pulls out the death is there for him because there's not a horse in this series good enough to park him out three deep, I believe, unless Majestioso gets too fired up and leaves him there. So if he comes and gets parked at the bell on a genuine early tempo, I think he can win. But again, you're talking about backing horses sitting parked to win into Dominion finals. We don't see a lot of that at Melton, but we did see it on Victoria Cup night with Rock and Roll Do and with Just Believe, but that was over the shorter trip. The way it could happen this time is if he drives the race like it's a mile race, Greg Sugars, and said, I'm not interested in the first lap. I'll come play later. Yeah, and see if you can just do that last thousand metres like you talked about Honolulu Bay. Yeah, or, or even just get straight to the park and then let the horse relax. If Mufasa Metro or Majestioso is being worked over early, and, and they're starting to be vulnerable that 1,000 metres, he'll know. Those good horsemen know when the horse inside them's flat. They know when it's charging. Yeah. They know whether yeah. to sit up or whether to put pressure on them. And if you have that scenario in your head, and don't get me wrong, when Mufasa Metro led on Redwood Day at Maryborough and Just Believe was outside him, he just kept on running and Just Believe couldn't get past him. But there was an early burn in that race too. 
So you know, it's not just an easy matter of, yes, no, we're going to get this done. But if they do burn over 2760 and he's not involved, knowing full well he'll get the death if and when he needs to, then yes, you have the option to get outside the leader and say, hey, he's trying to get his lungs filled up. I'm not going to let him. Well, he's going pretty good. Let's just sit here and see if we can get him at the 400. And that pressure on the leader is also pressure on the horses trailing the leader because at Melton, I reckon you only need to miss the passing lane or have half a length. I think the horse outside the leader only needs to get half a length on the leader at the top of the passing lane, and it's really hard to catch them. Like, you can catch the leader, but if a horse gets half a length on you or a length on the leader, you're trying to catch up two and a half lengths in 160 metres. And that's incredibly hard to do. So nobody knows that better than Greg Sugars. And I think he's got the right driver, just believe, to try and pull this off, even though it's an incredibly tough thing to do. The other little theory I've got in my mind is perhaps Hatchback Leeds and Mufasa Metro sits on its back. They're stable mates, I know. He's got great gate speed, Hatchback. I think he's good enough at least to be there at the top of the home straight. And he might have uh, spent, he might have done, run his race by that stage. But, it, but Mufasa Metro will just come off him almost off his back like a cyclist uh, for the sprint to the, to the line, if that makes sense. I, I can see what you're saying. Um, I just think if Hatchback is going to be leading, he's far more vulnerable to being swooped early by Nephew of Sunoco, or more importantly, Majestioso. And I think Kate mm. would be awake to that, as would James Herbertson. If they saw there was going to be a potential lead trail stablemate scenario, that's when you do tap up or you do rein up and say, hey, let's, let's, let's really have a go here. Because there's probably the thought that Hatchback doesn't have the raw speed to hold you if you get serious. Again, tricky at the starting point of a 27.60 because let's not forget, by the time they score up behind the mobile, they've been going close enough to flat out for 3,000 metres. So uh, I think anybody who gets involved in too much ducks and drakes early in either final could undo themselves. Sometimes in these big finals... We're seeing people being a little bit too smart for their own good. Now, there's a lot of very good horse people, and they all know each other pretty well in these finals. You know, the Greg Sugars, the Kate Gass, the yeah, Jody Quinlan's, even a young guy like James Herbertson. They all know JJ. They all know, you know, David Moran. They all know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And so, even though it's an inter dominion where, you know, you have interstate horses in a six and six split in the pacing final. And a lot of these guys yeah. and girls know each other and aren't going to be dumb enough to do something really stupid. But so much is going to depend on intent. And as I said, what John Justice and what Cam Hart want to do, because if they want to get serious and buzz these horses up in the prelim, they can dictate to their rivals. But over 2760, do you really want to be buzzing up in a prelim? Because you've got an awfully long way, three kilometres of racing ahead of you. So... It takes a lot of skill, a lot of horsepersonship. The one thing I would say is I think most of the key contenders are going into both finals in really good form. Better Eclipse is a horse who probably hasn't had a stellar back into the series, but most of the other key contenders, you would say, is this horse in the right form to win an Inter-Dominion? And Toby, I think for most of the, but most of them in both um, finals, maybe with the uh, exception of Spirit of St. Louis, most of them are in the right form to win an Inter-Dominion if they can get to the right part of the trip.
Mick, love your work. I enjoy watching on Saturday night. They're about to run for the first at Maryborough. People might be able to click over onto uh, Trot's Vision and watch this race and click back in four minutes' time, and we will have Emily Savelko joining us as in the Australian Young Drivers Championship. Good on you, Mick. See you. So I'll speak Thanks to you next you. Thursday, Appreciate and we'll wrap it all up. Enjoy Humbo Day. I am enjoying Humbletonian Day. Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side with Emily Savelko. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. I'm now joined by Emily Savelko, who is... Almost leading. You're in second position in the Australian Young Drivers Championship, just three points behind Sam Thornley. Welcome, Emily. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, tell, tell us a little bit. Last night must have been a thrill, getting both winners and getting your name right up there and a chance of uh, winning this competition. Yeah, definitely. Had a had an okay start at Melton. Had all my family from over here um, there watching, so it would have been nice to get the winners there, but to get them at Ballarat um, was pretty special as well. Now, you're one of the leading lights, really, I suppose. You're up to 480 wins. You're already the most winning female driver in Western Australian history, which is an amazing achievement at such a young age. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's probably something um, you only dream about when you first start start out, and, yeah, I've managed to accomplish it. You've had some uh, big drives as well in some big races, Savvy Bromack winning the Westral Classic, and you've had drives in WA Cups, but... What's So what's the number one highlight so far? Voltan Tin in a Pinara Cup. What's your biggest thrill on the harness tracks to date? Yeah, probably uh, Savvy Bromack winning the Group 1. Uh, that was pretty special. I was working for Nathan Turvey at the time. Um, but my favourite race every year is at Collie. It's my nana and granddad's memorial race. Um, I drew one this year and my horse ended up getting scratched, which was pretty disappointing, but... I managed to win the race a few years ago and my uncle Callan took it out this year, so that's a pretty special race to watch every year. You've got a great record on those little tracks as well. Collie, Narragin, Wagon, Bustleton, like they're your top four tracks by percentage terms. Is there a reason why you, you drive such a bit, have such a better percentage uh, winning strike rate on those little tracks? Um, I think I just made a lot of good connections early on in my career. Um, I was a big believer in when you're a junior driver, um, don't go to town too early. And I was happy enough to go to your wagens and your narragens on a double Friday meeting instead of going to town for one or two. Yep, yep. Um, so you'd go there for a full book. And, yeah, I've made those connections that I still drive for today. And they've got better horses now that can go to town as well. Now, I don't know what you'll know, how much you know about these horses, but I know a lot about your two drives today. Touch and Go, who's coming up in about 20-odd minutes. He's a horse that's very special to Paul Castles, the trainer. You're going to get a lot of pressure out of this. He's never had a winner yet, Paul. He's been battling away for 13 or 14 years. The horse the horse is oh, 10 or 11 years of age, but Paul is just happy to go to the trots. He's just happy to come to the trots. He won't mind if you run first, second, seventh or eighth. It would be hard to run eighth in a seven-horse field, but uh, have you done much for him? I know you haven't spoken to Paul yet. Oh, you probably know a bit more than I do. Um, yeah, I've seen it's probably improved. It's last couple run fourth, last start. 
Um, but yeah, a bit of pressure's on now that you said he hasn't trained a winner before. He trains a very unique track. He, you ask him about his track. It's a P-shaped track, so you sort of go around the top of the P and then down a straight, and you have to. He has to stop the horse, turn it around, and then do it again. So that's he's got a very unique track. He gets takes does take the horse down into uh, Tarang and works it at the track at Tarang and at Colac sometimes as well. And race five, number five, Yering Rose is owned by my brother. So I can tell you a lot about this horse as well. It's just uh, joined the Julie Douglas team, and he's desperate to win uh, by the end of the season, so he gets a full Vic Bread bonus. No pressure. Yeah, I, th I think all these races are quite wide open, and it just depends if you get the right run or not. In these sorts of races, we're all driving to get the top points we can, so yeah. everyone goes hammer and tong out the gate, and they're usually getting home in the slowest quarter apart from one of the races last night. So, um, yeah, it could work in our favour, even though it is a tricky barrier draw. Yeah, she's a bit of a lazy bugger at the start, that's all. But uh, she's been getting home pretty well in her races, and she trialled really well at Bendigo earlier in the week. So you're not without a chance in that race. I think you're a fair chance of uh, taking the lead today from Sam Thornley anyway. And then a couple of drives at Bendigo. We've got uh, one drive at Bendigo and Benny the Gun, and then the raconteur for Emma Stewart on Saturday night. You must be looking forward to drive on Inter Dominion Grand Final night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the trotter at Bendigo, I think it did a few things wrong last start, so I'm not not the best for driving trotters. I've only ever driven trotters when they've been quite well behaved or I know them. Um, so yeah, that one's definitely going to be interesting. But yeah, I drove for Emma Stewart in the last race at Adelaide um, for the Australasians Drivers' Championships um, oh, yeah. on my ultimate Levi and managed to get the victory. So um, yeah, hopefully this one can do the same. But, yeah, being able to drive on Inter-Dominion Grand Final night, that's that's another thing that you just dream of. And, yeah, you don't really expect to get to that level. So, um, yeah, quite quite happy with myself that I have been able to get to that level. Are you still keeping track of the 500 wins and getting there before Morgan Woodley to be the fastest ever? Um, yeah, I was, was trying to get there. I think I have 20 or so to go by the end of January. But uh, it's probably just a little bit hard coming over here. Usually in a week I'd get almost yeah. 30 drives and you usually get about two or three winners. So coming over here has been a little bit tough, but um, not being able to get outside drives and that. But i still got the two on the board, so hopefully if I can get another one this week, that should put me back in back on target. Two today and that'll be uh, you'll be back on target again. Good on you, Em. Thanks for coming on and best of luck today. Thank you very much. There's Emily Savelko from Western Australia, a young driver going places. Uh, we did a I did a show earlier in the year where we we got four representatives from each state uh, as representative from each state to name four drivers that they wanted. I called it like an all Australian team, and uh, Emily was well and truly in the discussions to represent WA in that uh, in, in that uh, I think I can't remember who came on from WA to do it. So best of luck to Emily for her drive with uh, Touch and Go for Paul Castle. Be an amazing. Victory if he could win the races. Paul is still yet to bring up his first winner and it would be some sort of a seed if he could get it on Humbletonian Day, which is what Humbletonian Day is all about in a young driver's uh, championship race. But unfortunately for Emily, it's a very difficult horse to drive a horse. You sort of, you've really got to just keep hold of him the whole way. Is uh, You can't let him go. As soon as you let him go, he just uh, seems to jump out of his gear, but I'm sure Paul will be able to have a good chat to Emily and explain all that to her. And 
Hopefully he can run a great race. A favourite in the race is Wicked Liquor at $1.85. We heard from Jordan Shibnell. We've just heard from Emily as well. So we've caught up with a couple of our young driver representatives. We will... Uh, after this show finishes at 2.25, Trots Vision will kick in and we're planning on catching up with a couple more of the representatives uh, throughout the day on Trots Vision. So you'll be able to join us uh, on Trots Vision later to, to meet a few more of the Australian Young Drivers Championship. Uh, this coverage on Trots Life will go to 1 o'clock. Hopefully we can catch up uh, with David uh, Parrish. I've got a uh, young bike here from the club, uh, Louis Emerson's chasing up for me to try and get hold of David or Desley Parrish, who I think trained the first winner in Yankee Gambler. No, Nathan uh, Moy. Starter Nathan Moy. Did Magnetise get up? I had to, I had to, uh, I was busy. So Magnetise got up for Marie and John Gowdo. So that's who he'll be chasing. Thank you, starter Nathan Moy, uh, helping out uh, on as the sidekick here in between races. He's got... Uh, it's a long day, 12 races, starts at 12.17, finishes at 6.48. I can see Louis coming back by himself, so uh, Johnny mightn't be too far away. Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side. Hopefully we can wrangle a guest uh, from that first race. be good to catch up with Johnny. We did a great show with him a long time ago. I don't think I've had him on since, so it would be good to catch up with Johnny Cowdo, who gets that first winner with Magnetise. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. We are live from Maryborough. Louis Emerson has uh, done the hard yards behind the scene. Johnny Cowdo is flying solo at the trots, so uh, he'll be busy with a horse and it has to be swabbed. So we won't have Johnny, but Mark Pitt put his hand up and said he'll come and uh, have a chat to us in just a moment or two's time. He'll get changed, I think, and uh, three or four minutes' time we'll have Mark Pitt here on the show. It's a big afternoon here on Trot's Life. Be most interested in chatting to Mark about a horse later in the card, Sweet Bella. It's very short, and I think if we can get it beat, actually, I'd be, be interested to hear what he has to say. I like Nancy Kay in that race at a fair bit of value. We can take a break, I think, Willem, and I'll grab Mark. He's just here, but uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back in four minutes' time, and we'll have a good chat with Mark Pitt. It's almost a weekly occurrence on this show now. Uh, yeah, we'll get this break in, and then we'll spend plenty of time with Mark. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. To Trot's Life. Jeez, you're bringing out some banger tunes there, Will. I'll give you that. Mark Pitt is just wandering back in again. He's uh, had a cup of tea. He chucked those on, Mark. Uh, he's pretty used to doing this sort of stuff. But uh, with me, it's always a little bit different. Now, first and foremost, Mark, before we get stuck into horses and racing, how's the ankle? Yeah, it's actually pretty good now. Um, give it a few days and a few days of Penadol. So, um, yeah, no, it's actually feeling pretty good. And who's this gorgeous little lady with you? Oh, this is my daughter, Lily. Um, she loves the horses. Um, it's it's going to be a thing, with, whether it's horses or school, I think, for a while. But, um, yeah, look, she, she, she's a character, and, um, yeah, she loves the horses. So, you know, it's a good day to get her out and about. Yeah, it's a nice long day for you. <laughs> it seems like, uh, I think the last, you know how on the weather report they'll say feels like 16 when the temperature's 11? Today the last race feels like midnight. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's, um, it is a long day, unfortunately, but, um, you know, that's racing. And 
we we live with that. But um, yeah, look, um, it would be nice to have a few shorter gaps and um, get them over and done with. Yeah, 20-minute gaps. I'd love 20-minute gaps, but that's a whole other discussion. What do you know about Sweet Bella in race six? First starter for Emma Stewart's had one trial for a third in 2.8. Start, opens at dollar sixty. Can you tell us much? <laughs> yeah, look, um, no, look, I can't tell you much about it. Um, yeah. I haven't drove her at the trials, so um, you know. But I'm sure if she wasn't somewhere near near right, that um, you know, she wouldn't be here today. Yeah, hundred percent. Chinchilla. It's a uh, it's a town in Queensland. Six thousand six hundred people. I can tell you that much about Chinchilla. Uh, it's also a horse in race eight, number ten, uh, for yourself and Lisa. I think you might know a little bit more about this one. Yeah, look, um, I was really happy with her first up run. Um, you know, she's a very speedy mare. Um, she's probably better off best driven. You know, cold. So um, look, I, I think the one's probably the leader, and the A to be on its back. And I'm hoping that I can be three fence and. It'll run a good race from there. There's a very interesting horse in the Murrow that I know nothing about chivalry. People have told me this for a long time, and now I finally finally worked out what they were talking about. They're talking about this horse, chivalry. On the hunt trial for Dave Moran at Kilmore, and they didn't go huge time or anything, but you know how you can just see a horse, a beautiful mover, it's in, the, it's in a pretty strong stable, and it looks a really nice horse. So... Oh, I, th- I don't know how good Shivery is, but it's gonna, you're going to have to be pretty good, I think, to beat on the hunt. Yeah, look, uh, um, that's right. It, it seems to have tried well, but um, it want to be pretty good because I reckon mine's pretty good too. So, um, yeah, look, um, I've got pretty big wraps on Shivery. So, um, you know, he tried real good at Shepler the other day. I probably should have had him in the fast class, give him a bit more of a blowout. It sort of wasn't much opposition that he tried against. So, um, wow. you know, I, I think he's a pretty nice horse going forward. All right, that settles that. We'll be on Chivalry tomorrow. Garrick Knight and I were talking about it yesterday because I do a segment with Garrick Knight from New Zealand on all these horses first up uh, in Australia. Into Dominion final Saturday night. It's almost like um, Mac Dan has become the forgotten horse of the final. We're all talking about Honolulu Bay, Act Now, Cam Hart. Who's he going to hand up to? Spirit of St. Louis could get the front, and if it does, the hand up to Expensive Ego. Uh, knock knock. Back Dan's still in the race, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, oh yeah, he seems to be like a little bit of a forgotten horse. So I think his runs throughout the series have been super strong, and um, you know, he, I know he's he is a great front runner, but I really do think that he can be sitting off speed, and I think there's going to be a lot of power early. And that just so you just sit back now. <laughs> It almost is a blessing in, in in a way coming in a race like this. All the expectation, all the pressure has gone off for it. Is that not how it feels in your seat? Oh, no, I, I still feel a fair bit of pressure leading into it because I still think he's a really good chance. Um, you know, I'm just hoping they go to war a bit early. Um, you know, it probably is a blessing that he did draw the second line. Otherwise, probably we'd probably be going to war a bit with him too. But, um, hmm. yeah, look, let, let's hope there's a lot of power early and, um, you know, we can, we can be the one finishing over the top of him. Would you whip around? I suppose there's two options, and they either whip around or you wait until the end to come. Yeah, well, it's going to just probably depend who's in front, I guess, and, and um, what horse is in the breeze, w- in, in the tempo. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a few things to think about, um, you know, throughout the run. Now, did you get all that fencing finished last week, or are you all done? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got, I got a little bit done. Uh, there's still a fair <laughs> bit to do, but, uh, yeah, I got, I got the parts um, that we needed done pretty well. 
pretty well done. Yeah, they're all pretty well done. So um, safe, which is the main thing. I won't tell you I built fences for 12 years. You'll have me up there working soon. I will. Because I owe you a few <laughs> favours already. Mark, best of luck for the rest of today. With tomorrow with Chivalry and, of course, right throughout the uh, the Inter-Dominion night on Saturday night, but particularly MacDan, it would be a real feather in your cap in your comeback year to win a race like an Inter-Dominion. Oh, look, it it'll be great to, um, you know, to be able to win one, but I'm, I just feel... So much privilege to be able to even drive one throughout the series and, and to be able to drive one in a final like that. And if I don't catch up with you, best luck to the Vic Bread series because uh, you won't get much of a breather after Saturday night. It'll be in a Vic Bread time and a sneaky chance still, I reckon, a sneaky chance the Australian Drivers' Championship uh, title at the end of the year. You're only about 25 off uh, Pete McMullen, which seems a long way away, but a big Vic Bread series you might get there. Yeah, look, it would be. It'll be super to be able to do something like that. Um, it's always something that you want to do is you know be able to be try and beat some of the best drivers in australia and um you know to to be not too far off them it's always great good on you mate thanks mark thanks very much guys there's mark pitt joining us and the beautiful lily it was lily yes and uh she was helping out behind the scenes there having a twisty or two and she looks very proud of her dad she's uh she looks a lot like her mum, which, uh, well, we won't go into into how uh, beneficial that is. I've got kids as well. They look nothing like me. Particularly didn't get the eyebrow, which is uh, very beneficial to my kids as well. They're not too far off here. We're about uh, two or three minutes away from... Uh, no, uh, seven minutes away from race two at Maryborough, which is the Australian Young Drivers Championship. And a little bit of... Uh, we'll have a production meeting with uh, Willem and myself. Uh, we might get to a break now, Willem. We'll come back. Uh, we can have a little preview of this race, and we might even be able to uh, take the call from Lockie McIntosh live. So let's get our last breakaway for Trot's Life for today and come back the other side, and we'll zoom in on race two at Maryborough today. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. Trot's Life for your Thursday edition. It has been moving day. And uh, thanks to all our guests so far throughout the show that have come on. A couple of young ladies, Jordan Shibnall and Emily Savelko. Jordan, we have had on the show once before. Emily, of course, their first time over from WA seemed a, a bit different for Emily. They did do media training yesterday, however. And they're out, but both of those young ladies are out there in this race. Wicked Liquor for me, great mate Phil Ellery is a dollar eighty favourite. It's astounding, really. Uh, <laughs> gets its chance to win one of these races. I did say it'd win a race. Uh, I thought it would be a bit sooner than this, but uh, it may get its chance today. Touch and go. I've mentioned Paul Castles as well. I'm sure there's a story with every one of these horses combined. Seven runners in this field have had a combined hundred and thirty-seven race starts. And none of them have won a race as yet. 137 starts without a win just between these seven runners. And that's that stat's even staggeringly more uh, astounding or amazing when you think numbers two, Ty Windham, and Lucky Speed number seven have only had one start each. So the other five runners between them have had 135 tries without success. 
And this is what Humble Tonian Day is all about. So the winner of this race, I think I mentioned off the top of the show, will get not only the $5,700 for the win, they'll pick up a, their Vic Bread bonus, which will be three and a half or $7,000, depending on their age. Uh, $750 winning breeder bonus. Uh, $250 cash bonus to the breeder if they're on track. That's provided by Harness Breeders Victoria. We'll be joined by... Uh, the great man Brett Coffey, the secretary of Harness Breeders Victoria, for a stint on Trot's Vision today. Brett uh, will come on with me at 2.25 in some sort of a co-hosting role. Lockie McIntosh, the race caller, will be on in a form analysis role along with myself, uh, who I'll be uh, hosting it. So after this is all done, you'll be able to, at 2.25, roll on over to Trot's Vision and catch the, some highlights of the day. And also, uh, we've got a range of people to catch up with as far as interviews go. So this race is just milling before the start. We're about 30 seconds away here. Uh, Wicked Licker, could it actually win this race? I know there is someone that followed me in on, on this horse when I said it'd win one soon, uh, Sooty Hunt. Uh, unfortunately, Sooty, I don't think you can quite get the value that uh, you could have got on days gone by. Uh, uh, for Wicked Liquor when it was 100, 100 odd dollars. They're just scoring up. Something's out the back at the moment. Uh, it's chasing them. We might be able to take this call from Lockie McIntosh uh, through Sky, uh, hopefully. Uh, let's go to that, as Will says we can. Let's get the call from Lockie McIntosh and see who wins the race two. As they slot. 137 starts shooting for their first win. Australasian Young Drivers Championship. Maiden Trotters here. Oh, the pole markers galloped, southbound red. Just prior to the dispatch, and there's the light up. They're away. Also galloping at the start was Twindham, and getting off the gate uh, fast was Cronk to get across and lead. So Cronk takes it up, settling down second was Ten Little Fonzies, and slotting into third spot on the pegs was Wicked Licker, the favourite. About six metres back behind those runners, uh, trying to uh, close in on the leading group as they uh, settle into single file formation, touch and go. And it's followed up in turn by Lucky Speed and eight metres of Away, getting going southbound red after that early error, breaking just prior to the dispatch, didn't lose too much ground, and the other one, Twindham, has lost uh, about 30 metres on the group and is trying to chase them up as they trot down the Ben Stud back straight the first time. They've got a mile left to go in. Race five of the Harad Detrotters Australasian Young Drivers Championship. And the pacemaker is Cronk for Sam Thornley, doing it well at the start to get across and lead, going quite keenly. In second position, 10 little Fonzies for Sarah O'Reilly. They've got around 1,400 to go, and the lead time was 46.6, so a comfortable tempo even for this class of Trotter. Racing in third position as they uh, swing around the bend was the favourite uh, Wicked Licker. Having a nice run, Jordan Chibnall has it positioned just behind the pacemakers. So they trot around the turn to complete one lap. Touch and go for Emily Savelko coming off a double at Ballarat last night has tucked in four back the pegs on one of the outsiders and lucky speed for Queensland's Brendan Barnes moving up first over and New South Wales driver Cam Hart with southbound reds going to tack on at the back of the group and trying to chase them up Twindham for Crystal Hackett of New Zealand and it's got close to tacking on but they're about to quicken up into this final lap First quarter of the mile, 31.9 and going toward the McPherson's printing group 800 they quicken up the tempo through this second quarter 
Kronk looking for an all-the-way victory. Has led them from the get-go. He's turned the stick now, Sam Thornley, just to ask the pacemaker for a little more. Ten little Fonzies has held up, waiting on the Sky Valley sprint lane and moving up first over Lucky Speed. Defner's kicked off as the leader's giving them something to chase. Back on the inside, held up for a run. Wicked Licker, the favourite. It's got into clear air into the 1-1, giving the leader 10 metres at the end of the back straight with the wind at their backs. Sneaking up along the inside was Touch and Go and southbound red at the back of the field. 28-4, fast quarter, wind assisted down the back. Kronk has gone for broke here, got out 10 metres in front. Wicked Licker, the favourite, is coming out three deep, winding up with its run. Back on the inside, soldiering on 10 little Fonzies, but under pressure. And galloping back behind them was uh, Touch and Go, but in the straight, Wicked Licker's going it after Kronk. Kronk in front. Wicked Licker, though, has loomed up on the outside, the favourite. Kronk grabbed by Wicked Licker. Wicked Licker has taken the lead close to home, and Wicked Licker for Jordan Chibnall comes on to win. Wicked Licker for First, second has gone to Kronk. Third was close between uh, 10 Little Fonzies and Lucky Speed. Just in behind them was Touch and Go. A break back to South. Wicked Liquor for Phil Ellery finally wins a race and it's a $1.60 chance. I'll take it. I'll claim it. I said it would win a race. I didn't know it would be at those sort of odds though. And we've had Jordan Shibnall on. I would have loved to have got Phil Ellery on actually, but uh, there's no way known. I don't think I'll ever get him on to something. Cronk uh, has run second for young Sam Thornley, who well and truly takes the lead in this competition. And third in 10 little Fonzies for uh, Sarah O'Reilly who I didn't jot down here as uh, where she is positioned, but Jordan Shibnall off the bottom uh, with a win, and uh, she's a great chance of getting a double. So I think she'll go to 26 points now, and she'd be about fourth position, and another win would get her right up to 41 points. Sam Thornley already on uh, 53, and of course is... Uh, the four more races, there's one more here today, two at Bendigo in the Australian Young Drivers Championship, and then the f the, the final race, that all culminates on Inter-Dominion Grand Final Night, Saturday night, uh, where they race in race nine, and hopefully by then, there's a number of chances to win this competition, and uh, congratulations to Phil, me, me great mate Phil, a very popular identity in harness racing. He's had a couple of good horses across the journey. Uh, in particular, his really good horse was Carl Lewis back in the day, who uh, ironically was uh, out of the Lockie McIntosh breed, the Alan McIntosh breed, uh, Wicked Wicker winning. Phil will be stoked. He's just going past me now. Good on you, Phil. Good on you, mate. He's coming in. Come in here and, come in here and say good day. He's on his own, he says. Go get to the horse. He, I nearly had him then for a, for a hello. Uh, that's some live radio for you. He'd be pretty happy, Phil, getting a winner. He's uh, toiled away with that horse for a long time. He actually purchased the horse as a breeding proposition. He wanted to breed from her. He loves the breed. Uh, it's the same family as, I think, Carl Lewis. So that's why he wanted to get into it. He got the horse off uh, John Tormey. He's done a wonderful job with the horse to, to get it. Uh, he's taken his time. He thought, I'll, I'll keep pers persisting with a cup for a couple of years to try and get it win a race if he could he's just happy to go to the trots and and have a day out uh, works as a carpenter by trade uh, a lovely bike very popular man in harness racing and Nathan starter Nathan Moy spends a lot of time with Phil as he's a mobile driver he drives a mobile at Cranbourne at Warrigal at Melton and he's uh, got one on the board uh, a race where no horse had won 137 starts combined they'd had 
and Wicked Liquor is the one at a dollar sixty chance for Jordan Shibnall. We had Jordan on. She's representing Tasmania, but she kind of feels like she's sort of representing Victoria as well. Well, she's from Victoria. She did some great driving in Tasmania, and I think a lot of credit goes to Ben Yol. Uh, Fifty. Eight wins she had in Tasmania, Jordan Shibnall. 54 of those were for Ben Yole, which tells a fair tale of what opportunity gave her. And she started her career, she had 31 drives for one winner in her first year at 3%. She went down to Ben and she drove 39 winners from 392 drives, which equates to 10%. This year she's come back to Victoria. She's up to 27 wins in Victoria now. Uh, in total with her partner, Connor Crook. They've set up at uh, Shepparton, at the new training establishment in Shepparton. That's a wrap for Trot's Life. One with a bit of difference coming live from Maryborough today. Hope you have a great afternoon. Don't forget to join us at 2.25, live on Trot's Vision. All the other races will be on Trot's Vision, but hosting will start from 2.25. Have a great afternoon uh, on SEN Track. But no idea who's hosting uh, this afternoon. But uh, they'll be jumping in at the back of the 1 o'clock news. Thanks to Willem uh, down the line for uh, his help uh, in getting this show to air today and all of our guests.